0: The reality of life is our business is just a sequence of tasks. And if you have a look at everyone's business, I will 100% guarantee you that their business is not a reflection of the task that they're doing. Their business is a reflection of the task that they're simply not doing.
1: You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders, with thanks to our partner, Connect Now. Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com. And for more information about how ConnectNow can make moving easier on your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Sam
2: here. Today's guest on the Elevate podcast is someone that really needs no introduction. He's Ray White's Chief Strategy Officer for Real Estate, one of our best read columnists and a favourite on the podcast and someone who is undoubtedly one of the biggest thought leaders in the real estate industry. So Mark McLeod, welcome back to the show. Hey Sam, good to be here, good to catch up. It's another perfect day here in Queensland, not a cloud
0: in the sky, so it's great to be alive.
2: Yeah, I don't regret my move one little bit. <laughs>
0: I'm sure
2: you don't, sir. Yeah. The last time that you and I chatted on the podcast was the end of 2021, which was interesting times. So you were the last podcaster of 2021, and then we had Ryan Serhan on the show. He was the first podcaster of 2022, but you were listened to like two to one times the million-dollar agent from New York. How does that make you feel?
0: I'm not sure what it says. I'm not quite sure, Sam. I just talked very openly about what I think. I have some strong opinions. Obviously, having my role, I get to see a lot of different diversity in our marketplaces, whether it's from Queensland to way down south or over west or even New Zealand. So hopefully my views are very reflective of our our industry in Australia and maybe that's why people kind of assimilate with that a little bit better.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's because you're very well loved and respected and the people that read your stuff on EliteAgent.com definitely speaks volumes about that. So once again, super grateful to have you in our corner. But that was a year ago. I can't believe that was a year ago. What have you been up to since?
0: Well, we've been really busy. Obviously, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Nurture Cloud. It's obviously in our company, it's a big piece and that's been a big part of my life through that period of time. Obviously, the transition of marketplace has its challenges, but also its wonderful opportunities, and it's great to see so many of our network taking advantage of those opportunities. and we've got a bit of a head start. we've learned a lot from our friends and our colleagues in New Zealand where the market has some real challenges, and how we're adapting, how our network is adapting to the change in the market has been a real joy. you know it's been obviously challenging the time. I think it was unrealistic to expect that the market could sustain it like it was, and I think for many of our more senior agents, there was inevitability about this marketplace. For some of our newer agents, it's come a bit of a shock, the contrast. Not in every market. South East Queensland still strong. WASA is still good for us. Obviously, Sydney. And last month was a really solid month. That was been the month of February. And so hopefully, we're in a good place. Hopefully, the market starts to stabilize for everyone and we can really start to do some good work.
2: Yeah, there's a fair bit to unpack there in what you just said, so I might just rewind a little bit. New Zealand is interesting because some people say that New Zealand is the future, and I mean, you know, I know that they're two hours ahead and stuff like that at the moment, but how closely do you think Australia sort of follows New Zealand in terms of the market ebbs and flows? I certainly hope that it doesn't have the challenges that the New Zealand market has had, but
0: certainly it's probably, for want of a better word, the same shape. There's been a retraction of number of deals and obviously price in many marketplaces. You know, New Zealand has certainly had far more challenges than what we seem to have here at this stage. I think we've still got to navigate the year. There's all this talk of everyone getting off their fixed interest rates through the middle of the year. How will that look? I'm not sure. We can see a lot of refinancing happening in our sister company, Loan Market, and that's obviously people getting ready for that through the course of the year. So it'll be interesting to see. Stock level's slightly higher in New Zealand, stock levels in Australia are obviously challenged. But you kind of get a sense, Sam, that the stock might start to kind of rise a little bit in the latter half of the year. We're just starting to see a few signs of that in some places.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about Australia now. You know, a lot can change in 12 months and prices have dropped a little bit around the country and volumes are quite low right now. Is that reflected at the moment the same way so I talked to Matt LaHood fairly regularly on the podcast and he said it's not quite as bad as some of the headline numbers make out. I would agree with Matt on that. There's a platform of language that we're using in the company at the moment which I'm happy
0: to share with everyone. And that is there is still enough turnover for everyone to have their best years ever. And if I asked every real estate agent in the country to write down what a really good real estate business looks like, most lead agents in the country could do that. And so I come from a platform, there is enough, and you know. And so if you come from that mindset as opposed to the mindset of, and I think one of the things that a challenging market does, first and foremost, it gives everyone an excuse. in the fact of I'm not trading as good as I should be, but that's okay because of the market. I just refute that absolutely on. You will go where your mindset tells you to go. And what we do know, if an individual agent is listening out there, there is enough turnover in your marketplace for you to have your best year. And most of you know. You know what to do. And if you think it logically through, it makes no sense. And the question I ask everybody is that if you are applying your trade and your craft and your business in the same way as you did a year ago, then you actually have no option for your business to follow the market. The question you need to ask, is my business just a reflection of the market, or what are the four or five things that I've actually physically changed in my business to adapt? There is enough, and you know it's a great place to start from to tap this marketplace
2: Yeah. I was going to say, in your latest column in the magazine, you do talk about the fact that you see plenty of opportunities If you know where to look. So, if an agent listening to this is thinking all the opportunities are gone, what's the first place he would look?
0: The hardest thing is that it depends on opportunities. So, I'll talk about a few things about that. If you have a look at any marketplace in the country, there's only three ways your business can grow. You can increase your average sale price of your product, you can actually increase your commission rate, e.g., or you can increase your volume. Now, with a retreating market on price, not as severe as what the pundits say, it's going to be relatively difficult to actually increase the dollar value of your product and even more challenging to increase the commission rates, even though I think in the latter part of the cycle, when the good agents rise to a top, there will be an opportunity for them to increase their percentage commission rates through that period of time. When you can physically show the marketplace through success marketing, which is one of the key factors in this marketplace, that you're in fact doing a better job than everyone else. It really only leaves the lever of volume for people to improve their business. And I talk about the law of gravity. So if your marketplace has come back 10%, then you need to increase all your activity conversely to 10% on the other time. 10% more calls, 10% more appraisals, 10% more open for inspections. And people don't understand that. I did a talk yesterday to our launch in Queensland and they launch was the first part of a three-part series we do here in Queensland. And I said, it's the law of gravity. If your marketplaces come back 10, you need to increase everything by 10. The problem with volume and increasing volume, it requires more work, hard work, and you've got to start to embrace the grind through this. And that's clearly one of the things. Your marketplaces come back 20%, increase it by 20%. The underlying problem that we see, and I've isolated, and I've coined a term called prioritising preferences. And what that means, Sam, is that agents, well, I talk to our agents all the time, they prioritize the things that they like doing. And not all the things that are going to move your business forward are the things that you naturally like to do. And I think for us, is about understanding inside your business, what are you prioritizing in your business? And are those priorities linked to actually increasing the volume of your business? And that's the language that we're using at the moment through our network.
2: I mean, clearly, like what you're talking about too, the one difference between the person that says, I'm just going to ride out this market versus the person says, well, I am going to make 10% more calls or do 20% more activity or whatever it happens to be, market 20% more. This really is a period, I think, you know, I don't know if you agree for the taking where People sort of adopt that, oh, let's wait and see attitude or let's ride it out. For every person in our network that has gone according to that trap, I'll ride
0: it. I can show you 10 who are gone. I'm having my best year ever. And in all marketplaces, not just regional marketplaces, in marketplaces where the market is not as strong as it was, and these guys and girls are having their best years ever. And they're not new people that gone from 100 GCI to 300, they're established agents. Who are having some of their best runs ever because what they decided to do is that they looked at their business and go, where are the holes? Where are the deficiencies in my business? What have I been prioritizing? And are those prioritizing things the right things for me to be doing? And then adjusting and reshaping their business. As I said earlier, if you attack this marketplace with the same strategy you did when it was booming, your business has no way to go other than down on the marketplace. It's really important for us as an organization to help our people understand that there is a clear path to navigate this marketplace. And whether you like it or not, I've been doing this a long time and I'm convinced that volume is the only option, is the only lever that you can actually pull to navigate this marketplace. A business of volume creates such a different environment and the energy of the agent towards their business. If you've only got one listing, then you're probably at risk of not having a strong enough conversation with the owner about price because you fear of losing your one listing. If you've got 10 listings, it gives you a better platform to say, you know what, I need to be having conversations with owners about where they're positioned based upon the feedback. And when you're carrying some levels of stock, you feel more confident to have those discussions because you haven't got the fear of losing out. So volume for me is very much about energy and very much about confidence. And once you attack this marketplace with energy and confidence, you'll be amazed at what's available here. You'll be absolutely gobsmacked amazed at much of what's available here.
2: So that question of energy and confidence, that's an interesting one because the market's gone from, you know, COVID doom to COVID boom to sort of more of a I would just say normal, like the numbers aren't too different to what they were before all of this happened. But some people are good at adapting to change and other people aren't. And You've mentioned energy and mindset a couple of times now. What are some tips for people that are sort of feeling a bit of a, you know, like I'm not doing so well in this market? How do you pick yourself back up?
0: I think the first thing is this. You and I opened this conversation today and the first thing we spoke about was the market. If I put 20 agents together, 58 together, 100, the whole conversation is about the market. So they're actually conversational, talking about things they have absolutely no control over. You have no control over the market. You have no control over the economy. You have no control over about Silicon Valley banks happening. You've got no control over interest rate. You have no control. Yet it consumes most real estate agents' discussion. So the first thing, stop talking about the market. That's my first bit of advice. You can't control it. Don't let it worry you. Remember, there is enough turnover for you to have your best year and you know what to do. The second thing is to understand that this market, albeit different to what we had, is just different. It's like the weather. I don't know why it's good or bad weather. It's just the weather. This is just the market. It's not a good market or a bad market. It is the market. And certainly, if it rains, how we react to the weather is that we wear different clothes and we use an umbrella. When the market's good, when there's no clouds, we don't. So even when the weather changes, I actually have to adapt. And it's no different. You can handle the change of weather, e.g. our market, but you actually have to turn up differently and act differently. Put a raincoat on, use an umbrella, make more calls, do more. There is a way of reacting to the change in the market. What it is at the moment, or the analogy, if people are just walking out and the market's changed and it's pissing down rain and they've got no raincoat on, they're just down there wondering why they're getting wet. You know what I mean? Like it's illogical. There's an illogical thought pattern. I've said it to you many times. Come for a walk on the logical path because there's no one else on it. It's an illogical thought pattern to think that you can be doing exactly the same you did two years ago and get the same outcome. It is just illogical.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have heard you talk about that before, and something that I've heard you talk about before as well that might be helpful to other agents out there in today's market is the mindset of chunking things down and working in blocks of performance. Can you explain or you know talk about that a little bit as well? This is just
0: a personal view, you know. I mean, you see. Real estate coaches or real estate guy, they talk about the perfect day, the perfect this, the perfect that, sit under a pyramid, suck on a lemon, get up at five, run a marathon, all that type of stuff. You know, I mean the reality of life is our business is just a sequence of tasks. And if you have a look at everyone's business, I will hundred percent guarantee you that their business is not a reflection of the task that they're doing. Their business is a reflection of the task that they're simply not doing. Now, I'll give you an example. We data team here, I get a lot of data and I get to see things in a way that allows us to react as an organisation. You know, you were able to tailor training to what the data tells us. For example, I know that we have a thing in the industry, you know, you list a home, you knock on the 50 doors around to say, everybody, I've just listed this home. And we know for a fact, through the work that we've done, that 16% of all our listings come from that one activity. Uh, 16%, we've spent two years collating this information. So if you're an agent and you don't do that, instead of you running at 100% capacity, you're now running at 84% capacity because you've taken out that 16% that that activity brings to the table. You know, we know that if you talk to your database, and obviously we've built Nurture Cloud to underpin this, but we know that 56% of all our listings come from a relationship. And I think where we can stop there for a moment. And so if I had a 1,000 agents in front of me and I said, do you think this is a relationship oriented business, every one of them would say yes. And what I simply asked them to do then, Sam, is to pick up a pen and make a list of all the people that you have a relationship with that you've never spoken to. They all stop. And so here it is that you acknowledge a relationship-orientated business. I can tell you now that 56% of all our listings come from a relationship. You wouldn't have the house to do the magic 50 to get the other 16% if you didn't have the relationship. You could argue that it rolls out more, and yet you haven't got a structure on your business that actually talks to people. Part of your business is not structured around physically talking to people. And so for us, Nurture Cloud was to, provide a really easy way for our people to talk to more people on a regular basis. Last month alone, the month of February being a short month, I know for a fact we have spoke to 306,000 people through our Nurture Cloud app last month alone. So what's happening is that we're making it easy to talk to the better conversations, which build relationships, and it's a really simple process. So the question for everyone here is, is sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself. Write down what a really great real estate plan looks like. And then say to yourself, where are the holes in my business? And then start to work out and, and accept the fact. There's a mate of mine who owns I've told the story many times. You might know, if I've told it on your one of your podcasts before, Sam, I apologize. But mate of mine owns a really good butcher shop, you know, really, really good butcher shop. It's one of those things where, you know, I think I've put his kids through high school, you know what I mean? You know, and I go there. But he hates cleaning the cabinets. So every afternoon about 3.30, 4 o'clock, some old mate comes in in white boots and starts scrubbing his cabinets. Now, he hates cleaning the cabinets, but it doesn't mean that the work doesn't have to be done. And if he didn't clean his cabinets in the butcher shop, he'd be out of business in bloody a week. Too many of agents across this country try to navigate this business and take out parts that are critical to your success. You know what I mean? And I think that when I talk about those blocks is that it's about understanding that that's a huge part of the work. Certainly the work that I do and certainly for us, our organisation, to provide the platforms to do that work with more confidence and certainly in a more effective and efficient way.
2: Yeah. I think it's much needed in the real estate industry because I think a lot of people spend a lot of money on lead generation like, you know, on, on one hand and then forget those leads.
0: Let me tell you, Sam, we haven't got a this industry hasn't got a lead generation problem, we've got a lead nurturing problem. Yeah. Most officers will have enough leads inside their business to lot up a small country town, and some of them would have enough leads to a large city. You haven't got a lead problem, you've got a nurturing problem, and once the penny drops on what the problem actually is, and think about that, Sam, I'm getting older, you know, and I've been in this industry for a long time. And this is a really interesting piece. When I first started, there was no mobile phone. Shit! Tell me how long how old I am now? And you know, the open for inspections were a kind of new thing that were just coming in. So the only lead source that I had in my business when I first started as a 22 year old was the front window of the office. And first training session I ever went to was how to get leads off the front window, and the landline. Inside the office. So physically, that was the only way I could get leads. So I can certainly go out and door knock and all that stuff, but from an incoming source of leads. What's happened over the years, and that lead source then was very clean, very singular, very easy for us to manage. But as the industry's grown and technologies played a role, we now have lead sources from open for inspections, from REA, domain, from social media from our own SEO work, you know, from all these different areas. You know, people go and employ these companies who guarantee so many leads a week and all this type of stuff. So what's happened around our lead source is that we've created this unbelievable white noise around lead sources. And so what happens now, they all funnel into a business and most businesses don't build the capability to actually manage the lead sources they've already created. And so therefore, we haven't got a lead problem, we've got
2: a nurturing problem. Well, I'd have to agree with that because I've always believed that sales is a chain link system Only you going to ever be as good as your weakest link, and if that's nurturing, then that old leaky funnel concept. So you were at Elite Retreat last year Mm -hmm. and everybody loved your presentation with AB (laughs) from the early days. That
0: was a bit of fun, yeah.
2: Yeah, but this year we've got you on the official program talking about our favourite topic of stock management and how it relates to profitability because I'm sure with all of the rising costs of everything these days, this is going to be an important topic. So without giving away your entire presentation, and can I just say thank you because I know that you don't normally do this stuff outside Ray White, so we're very grateful that you're coming to us.
0: I appreciate it our relationship, to you've always got a lot of family voice, so i appreciate that as well but let me talk about it. i'm excited about going to bali and so is kelp so i look forward to that but are we going surfing uh, well i hope so <laughs> i hope so so if i can talk about that i'm very passionate about stock management and i'll give some outlines to control a real estate business in a way the first thing you must do is control energy. And energy by a real estate agency is directly proportionate to whether they believe they can make a sale or not a sale. When a real estate officer's days on markets blow out, clearance rates drop, and understand they are related. And days on markets are high, clearance rate will be low. Through the boom, clearance rates were high, days on markets were low. It is the nexus on which creates energy. And so real estate businesses through these challenging periods will quite energy. So I'll give it to you this way when the market was booming, The energy came from outside in. The marketplace had so much energy about it. We'd go to opens, we'd go to auctions, there were bidders, there was people, people clambering around to try to buy property. So the energy was outside in. As the market gets challenged, the energy has to come from inside out because the energy in the marketplace is dissipated in many marketplaces. So the ability to bring energy in is directly proportionate to what I call line of sight. And line of sight is... I tell this story when I grew up, I used to paddle surf skis and fish and all that stuff, and my mates and I would hang around. They always got nervous. If we got too far out to see if they couldn't see land. They'd get a bit nervous. They lost line of sight. It's the same thing in real estate businesses. When real estate agents and agencies lose sight of where their next deals come, anarchy reigns. What stock management does is a system that controls the two, in my belief, the two most important fundamentals. That is days on markets and clearance rate. Because if you back days on markets up and clearance rates drop, you can imagine water in a funnel. All of a sudden, it starts to back up the pipe and you'll stop prospecting. The agents will go, why should I be prospecting more? I can't sell the shit that I've got here and the whole thing starts to break down. So there is a direct relationship between stock management and prospecting, which most people don't fully understand. If I went to an office today, and I waved a magic wand over a business that's got, say, 50 listings, and I bought every 50 listing this afternoon, other than all those agents being pissed for a couple of days, they'd come back from that and be the best prospectors in their marketplace. So it's actually linked to prospecting, and most people don't understand the relationship between the two. What I'll talk about at Bali, and what I talk about at People is actually building fundamental structures that control the dynamics of days on markets and clearance routes. Now, you'll get inside this stock management debate, you'll get caught up on private treaties, auctions, and all that stuff. We're an auction-orientated business. We do one in four auctions in the country, give or take, and high as nearly one in three. However, we look at clearance rates and days on markets as the fundamentals and what are the tools that we're building inside a business to do that. So at the start of 2021, Along with Nurture Cloud, we build digital stockboards. So the digital stockboards draw all the data, all the listings from our CRM as they put in there, and then we are able to now monitor the performance and we have a system. So I'm going to share all that with everybody in Bali. I'm extraordinarily passionate about it because I believe it's the thing that allows you to several... We have officers today who are still controlling days on markets and clearance rates inside our parameters where their opposition around them numbers are way out. Because what people think, they actually believe that clearance rate in days on market is actually driven by the market. It has nothing to do with the market in this climate. Like when the market was booming, the market controlled that. Days on markets were below 10, clearance rates were through the roof. That was the market doing its thing, you know what I mean? But now in this market, it is a controllable factor inside of real estate it's, And what I'll do with Bali is take people on the journey to really understand that and really change what they do.
2: Yeah. Because I remember this lesson from a number of years ago. I think you gave it to some of our transform crew. There's no point in having 17 listings if you can't sell them.
0: Well, I make some statements, but I know, you know, many other people in, you know, real estate coaches in my business think I'm fundamentally mad i think skills highly overrated i've said that many times you know i mean i can show you great skilled agents who won't do any work you know what's underrated is process and work and hard grind that's completely underrated and the skills overrated i'm not saying that skills not rated it's just overrated compared to task orientated approach to our industry i also say this that stocks like a warm blanket it makes people feel good you know what i mean and i can walk into businesses and they've got all the stock in the world but they're not selling it. So stock in this climate, it's just like a warm blanket. It makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, I tell our people, a little secret I've learned over my 30 or so years, you actually don't get paid for listing it. You don't provide a solution, first and foremost, for the customer by just listing it. Every person who's came to the market in this climate, in this marketplace, has read the news, knows there was an interest rate rise last month, know that we've had 10, know there's probably going to be another two, and yet they choose to come to the market. And that should be sufficient enough for you to provide a solution for their problem in this climate and give them the right advice. And they're the stuff that we'll talk about in Bali.
2: Yeah, well, I can't wait for that. And I'm sure that anyone comes and listens to you in that session, like it'll probably be the most valuable thing that they've heard in a couple of years, I reckon.
0: Well, I hope so, Sam. I hope so.
2: How long am I talking for in Bali? Oh, you've got about an hour and a half to two hours, I think. So plenty of time for people to ask you questions as well. Oh, okay. I look
0: forward to that, Sam. You know, I do occasional talks outside of the industry, outside of our industry, outside of our company, you know, which I enjoy because I really enjoy the diversity of what you've learned as a boutique or other brands and what that brings. You know, obviously it creates wonderful discussions. So if you're looking for a great discussion and looking for a great topic, which I think this one is, and find yourself in Bali in what are the dates? In July, 3rd to the 6th of July. July to the 3rd and the 6th, there you go.
2: Yeah, escape the winter. So I've got one last question for you today, and that is I feel like this is a really interesting time in real estate, you know, not just with interest rates and things but also with technology, and you've touched on some of the work you're doing with Nurture Cloud. What are the things that you're really keeping an eye on right now?
0: Well, the Nurture Cloud for us is a journey of discovery and there is so much technology out there. What our main focus is obviously providing a platform that makes our job easier, talking to people at the right time and makes the whole real estate process. That's one part of it, Sam. What you've learned and what my team have learned over the last three or four years on this project is that technology is nothing without the willingness of the human or the person or the agent or the agency to actually want to change. You know what I mean? And there's some great technology out there. They'll be inside everyone's businesses. The boss has paid for it no matter what it is. I want to go through the list. And there'll be no one inside the office who's actually using it to its full potential. Our biggest job at the moment is to get our people to actually look at the way that they're operating in the real estate world. And we get data from Nurture Cloud and from our data lake that enables us to go, have a look at this. There is a better way. So the big thing out there with technology and the big thing that I've learned over the last period of time off the back of Nurture Cloud is we keep driving programs and platforms that support the change of behavior inside our network. Real Estate of Origin, which we did two days ago, where we generated 6,600 appraisals in the one day, in Australia for the first time was all on Nurture Cloud. I now have data in front of me to say how many were booked. I'll have data in a month's time to see how many we completed. I'll have data to say how many of those we listed, what percentage of our listing rates did we have across that day, and I'll be able to quantify all the performance metrics across that day and across our network, and then I can go back to the network and go, hey, guys, look what I found. We need to change behavior to suit the data. Here's our deficiency. And that's what technology, in our view, should provide a business owner, a more effective way to run their business, which is going to lead to better agents doing more business, profitable at agent and agency level. That's our ambition.
2: Yeah, amazing. Well, on that note, I think we'll wrap it up. I just want to thank you again for joining us here on the podcast again and for joining us in Bali. If there was one thing or one piece of advice that you'd like to give our listeners out there for the next couple of months, what would it be?
0: Very simple. There is enough and you know what to do.
2: Yeah, amazing. Mark McLeod, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Jan. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate Podcast with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agent's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast, visit joineliteagent.com.